Hello, and welcome to the League of Ultimate Questing. I'm Zach, the technical director for Slapdash Studios and the voice actor for Artyom Volkov, the cleric of sunlight and suffering. It's been over a year since we started this journey, and I'm amazed by how much we've grown as performers. With that said, you are now listening to a remaster of the first episode. Given limited technical options at the time, I can't promise perfection, but as this is the introduction to the series, I wanted to put our best foot forward. Despite a rocky start with audio issues and early mic jitters, our dedicated fans have stuck around and been rewarded with high-quality content, and we hope that you will join the other LU cuties as diehard fans of this rapidly growing community. Thank you for listening. It's the new entertainment craze sweeping the kingdoms from the frozen fields of Whitefall to the sparkling spires of Denmazir. This is the League of Ultimate Questing, where real heroes test their skill and steel against the great challenges this land has to offer. Brought to you directly to your home via scrying magic, courtesy of the Nexus Enterprise. Leaders in the fields of adventure entertainment. No dungeon too dark, no quest too questionable. Teams from all across the land compete for ranking, facing off against deadly foes, dangerous delves, and sometimes each other. I'm Kip Killigan, voice of the LUQ, sworn servant of the Nexus organization, and your man on the field. Joining me today is the one and only Raphael Preakness, or as you know him, Stormclad Thundertongue, one of the first and greatest of the league champions, retired with high honors. Honor to have you here today. Happy to be here, Kip. Now we're taking a look at the newest batch of hopeful adventurepreneurs vying for entry into the elite ranks of the LUQ team base. What do you think of this year's newcomers, Storm? You ever seen pig's flesh getting prepared for an abattoir? I can't say that I have. Well, that's what I'm seeing here. Boy, Storm, you sure do paint a pretty picture. Yeah, that's what I'm here for, but let's be honest. All this uh, thousand gold for entries stuff is it's just a way of cutting the wheat from the chaff we got thousands of entrants everybody thinks that they can be an adventure and they don't really have what it takes well hopefully there's some big surprises from the new teams in this season of the league of ultimate questing stay tuned for more pre-season coverage brought to you by the nexus enterprise and dern good grubs full plate diner come hungry leave encumbered port city of Lucinelli on the ivory coast of Leone, the city with two faces. As you sail in, you can see the lower half near the wharf, dark and gritty. The buildings seem burnt and cast in shadow. Rising above them are the bright pyres and clean white buildings of the northern quadrant. There, in the five guild square, business is booming. People are milling and rustling about in all directions, forming groups, forming teams for the League of Ultimate Questing. And the camera zooms in on a small fellow, wearing a fine black suit with gold trim, double-breasted. A massive golden bow tie matches the color of his sleeked-back golden hair. And a figure hovers in front of him, a kind of mechanical being, square-like in shape with a large central eye and four mechanical wings humming as it zooms in on his face. Kip Killigan here, signing in from the League of Ultimate Questing on the scene in Lucinelli. And here in the preseason, we have teams signing up, raising money for their fees to join the League. Let's interview one of the local groups. Let's see, let's see, up you there. Here's a fine looking group, and the camera pans over to reveal these four individuals. Christ Zagran is a rather handsome fellow. He's about six foot tall in the right shoes. Long dark hair with a white streak. His eyes are green with a golden sun in the middle. His facial hair, somehow that perfect five o'clock shadow all the time. I wonder how he does it. <laughs> Wonderful guy liner. Uh, standing next to Christ is a shorter dragonborn who is somewhat small for a dragonborn, only about five foot eight, uh, nondescript with 
black scales and a, a paler underbelly. Their name is Haruthax. The most notable feature about Haruthax is the vestigial horns and frill that runs down the back of their head. Gazing up at the buildings around, somewhat distracted, is uh, a somewhat small furbolg with light gray-green skin, golden eyes, and golden hair. The sides of his head shaved, the rest of it curly and falling long down his back. He has a scar that cuts across from the back of his head to the front of his cheek, a uh, septum ring, and is wearing a large patched-together white fur cloak. You see a dark elf standing there. His skin is thin, black leather stretched tight over an iron skeleton lashed together with high-tension cable. He lacks the slenderness common among most of elvish descent, his people favoring broad shoulders and long limbs. He's gone to face his hooked nose turns at odd angles from repeated breaks. His eyes are crystal blue gems set into black sclera. His hair is shorn tight on the sides and back with a shock of pale gold on top. He wears a meticulously groomed Van Dyke for facial hair. He stands at five foot ten and is obviously malnourished. Well, now this is a group that I would say defines the term ragtag. Tell me, everyone, you're all interested in joining the League of Ultimate Questing, is that right? Yes. Why else would we be here? <laughs> Could just be passers by, but I say you look like a strong team. Now, are you guys excited about the fame and fortune that might befall you if your team succeeds at the questing and adventure that's in your future? Hmm, fame. It is the only thing I've been looking forward to. Well, what is it that you guys think makes your team special? We have some members that can shoot fireballs out of their hands, other ones who have wings. I don't see many dark elves. I guess that makes me special. And I would agree, that could make people like you even more. Everyone loves the underdog, and boy, do you guys look like underdogs. Perhaps they like underdog. Maybe they don't like underdog. Now, have you yet gathered your starting fee of 1,000 gold? You, uh, you know, this is, this, is, this is a material concern. We are not worried about this so much as we are worried about uh, our spirit. Well, why don't you tell me a little bit about what led you to this point? And at that, we're going to flash back. We see a large estate in the western part of the city. A big garden spreads out behind it with rose bushes, very finely manicured. There's servants walking about, watering things, trimming the garden. And there's a light rain pouring. Off in the distance, you can kind of see a storm brewing to the north. And there is a big white gazebo with a fine small table and a tea set placed in the center of it. And two very finely dressed nobles, a brother and sister, obviously twins, wearing white suits with powdered wigs. Uh, she has a bodice that seems to be pushing up next to nothing. He has rings on his fingers, and they look like mirror images of each other. And the four of you are sitting across from at the table, very out of place in this fine setting. And the woman is pouring you each a glass of tea and says, Well, I think it's just so exciting that you all want to join the League of Ultimate Questing. It's so romantic, all the adventure and the action. Well, I think it's rather barbaric, Delilah. All that bloodshed. Did you know that there was a riot in the capital when the Ivory Lions lost against the Blue Flame Ascending? Oh, it's simply savage. Dear Desmond, you have no stomach for such things. Well, I understand that you guys are looking for a little bit of income in order to start your team. We might be able to offer you a job to help you finance your hopeful endeavors. Uh, you see, last week was our name day, and me and Desmond received a rather nice present from our father. Uh, yes, and we had a bit of bad luck. We took a bit of a trip out onto the sea to play pirates, as it were. It was very exciting. And the father uh, gave us our very own ship. It's mm. very nice, with a full crew and everything. And we had some fun. They took care of us. They showed us how to pull the ropes and turn the wheel. It was rather exciting, if I do say so myself. And we thought, what better way to finish the evening than to go into one of the local seedy bars and pretend that we were adventurers fresh off the sea? 
and we may have uh, had a few too many beverages. Uh, yes, well, we did buy beverages for most of the tavern, which is really what got them to like us. And we left the crew in charge of the ship, and well, when we went back, it was missing. Uh, the crew and everything, just gone. Father's a bit irate with us at this time. It's true, but if you could find where our ship is at, and we could get the good graces of our father back, we could easily give you 500 gold crowns to help your endeavor, and I bet we could even persuade Father to be your patron. He's quite wealthy, a leader in the textiles industry. You're telling me you lost the ship? Well, we're afraid it was stolen. We didn't necessarily lose it. We know where we parked it. I see. I assumed perhaps stolen after all losing a ship boat. Not exactly easy. Well, it's a luxury ship. They couldn't have gone far. It's it's probably somewhere in the city. Yes, well, and we need to lay low until Father's no longer irate with us, so we're going to have someone do it for us. And again, I imagine that Father's a bit of a pushover. We could make him your patron, perhaps. This does sound like a good idea. So we find your boat and you give us money? 500 gold tracks, yes. We need a thousand. Well, you're on your way there, and if Father agrees to be our patron, he could fund the whole thing. I've had luck tracking things in the past. Perhaps instead, we speak with Father. He pays us one thousand, we punish children. Do you sound good? <laughs> oh dear, afraid that's not quite agreeable. Even having outsiders into the estate is quite against Father's word. We're uh, breaking the rules again. Well, yet another punishment. You see, we, br- we bring all this information you give oh, to Father, okay. and he... Didn't... No, this is not Your good? Your parents must not have been very kind. No. Mr. Volkov, I think we should help out these fine individuals. Yes, I'm seeing now that I am uh, up against the wall in this. Yes. Well, perhaps you can just get a second job. And with that, we cut to another scene. (laughs) We see the party in a small wooden room, finely made, velvet on the walls, beautiful dark wooden desk, but all the furniture, doorways, and shelving seems to be at a much smaller scale than any of you are used to. You're all sitting in chairs that are roughly the size of children's chairs. Clearly a finely made office. The man sitting across from you is a halfling that seems to be just spilling out of his finely buttoned suit and heavy coat. Thick neck, slicked back black hair, and he's smoking a very long cigarette with paperwork in front of him. And there's two halflings on either side of the door behind you that are much more muscular than your average halfling with the sleeves cut off of their tunics. And he takes a long drag. Very fine to meet you on this, the day of our scheduled meeting. I apologize for the blindfolds that you had to wear in order to meet me here today. But I'm a man of very specific business practices that require a little bit of a secrecy, if you know what I mean. My name is King Squeak. This is a name that my enemies have given me in order to try to taunt me. But I have taken it as a form of power that I am not afraid of these titles. Now, there's a lot of different forms of power here in Lusanili. The gods control the law. The merchants, they control the guilds and the business. Well, King Squeak, he controls everything from the belt down. Now, I have a rival gang here in town. And I don't like the term criminal very much. There are people who use this word very loosely. My rival gang is definitely a group of criminals. One of the reasons that they have been so successful in their endeavors is they have a ledger, a magical ledger, which keeps information on all the trade routes leading in and out of Lusanili. It's protected by a magical cipher. It's very hard to translate. We've gotten our hands on the cipher, but we cannot get our hands on the ledger. Now, the group that controls it is called the Black Tongues. You might have to go into the seedier parts of town, but if you can get for me this ledger, I will give to you 500 gold coins, and perhaps be your patron. Although if I do, I would suggest you bring a halfling onto your team. We need more representation, especially with the League of Ultimate Questing. I'm concerned about the prospect of halfling. You see, these chairs are incredibly uncomfortable. Is there maybe a fullling we can take on? You know, the term halfling, I think the humans invented it to say that we are weak, when in fact I think we are halfway to perfection and humans are garbage. I could very easily convince my, uh, business partners to put forth the coin for your patronage if I could get a little more representation. 
If you need to get in touch with me, simply look onto the streets. If you see a halfling, I can assure you he is in my back pocket and can send a message to King Squeak. Perhaps we get two halflings, make one fulling. Here he goes again. I have a lot of business to engage in today. Bruno, the blindfolds. And with that, we cut to another scene. There is an old man wearing fine, shining knight's armor. He seems to have uh, aged and minimized in size inside of what was once his youthful armor, for sure. Uh, but he's wearing the markings of a local town guard, the tower guard. It looks kind of like a coin that's been pressed on a railroad track, a very long, thin silver strip. And his is marked with lots of embossment showing that he's a very high-ranking soldier. He has a long mustache that hangs down. And uh, as you're kind of standing around him, you're in front of a training field with a group of young soldiers and squires out in the mud, just beating the hell out of each other with wooden sticks. And he's shouting a few commands at them. All right, lads, just one more round of the routine. Mind your forms and William, stay high. Decapitated soldiers don't care if they get a blow to the eggs. So, young adventurers, is that right? Yes. Looking for a bit of coin to join that League of Ultimate Questing. Yes, of course. Oh, I did a little bit of adventuring in my day, you know. Seen my share of dungeons and high sea adventures, but, well, I'm a military man now, and my retirement is coming up quite soon. But I'm afraid it's a family tradition that, when one of us retires from the military, we have the old family blade. <laughs> Seems the thing's been buried in the family watchtower for quite some time. It's up on Brightwater Bluff. And, and you're hoping for somebody to bury this blade in your chest so you no longer have to live as weak old men, yes? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm afraid if I ever get a blade in my chest, it'll be on the battlefield. That would be the ideal death for me. Not my family blade, though. Things rusted and dusty as all hell. Now, many of the buildings in Brightwater Buff are being bought up and broken down by noblemen who are taking the land and turning it into some sort of endeavor. I don't know. And in some time, they're probably going to destroy my family's old watchtower. It's completely abandoned, uh, a little ways out of town. And if you can go there and just retrieve my blade, uh, it's probably down in the catacombs. Just old family burial room. No more than 20 people got buried there. Uh, we bought an estate in the city when we all joined the military. Uh, I'm afraid I can only offer you 250 gold pieces until I get my coin from my retirement, but that's still a ways off. But I do have the local smithy and could get you some very good deals on starting equipment. You need good armors and weapons in order to succeed in such things. And still, this is the kind of thing that um, we'd actually be proud to do. Would you not be proud to find both? Some rich children lost <laughs> their boat. It's fine. There are means to an end, but this could be a great boon for all of us. Who would prefer to avoid the ocean? Well, I am afraid you'll have to wait a few days before you can get there. Brightwater Bluff is under quite a bit of construction, and some of the buildings are being torn down. So unless you have a special permit of construct from the guilds, you can't even get there for at least a day or two. But it'll be pretty clear when the gates are open. My equipment is garbage. Any opportunity to get something better would be much appreciated. There's no finer blacksmiths than here in Leone. The Ivory Coast is known for our fine swords and thick armor. You say blacksmith. These smiths are very light in skin. From what I know, darkest smiths live in the caves. Well, I imagine <laughs> someone of your complexion has a quite different scale of measurement. <laughs> Indeed. Well, think it over and get back to me. And at that, we find the group sitting in a tavern thinking about the things they have done. They have been hired by the twins Desmond and Delilah Salvadon of the Noble Textiles House to find their missing ship called the Oaken Swan. They've been hired by a crime lord named King Squeak, who leads a guild of halflings, to find a ledger from the Black Tongues. And Sir Arnson Eldenborough, who is a retiring knight, is offering you 250 gold to get his family blade from their old watchtower on Brightwater Bluff. 
Uh, so you guys were in the Silver Precinct, which is where all the military buildings and the governor's mansion and the Navy offices are. And you went down south to the Barrow Blocks, which is the slummy, dreggy side next to the wharf. And the first tavern you walked by, uh, you assumed it was a tavern. There was music coming from inside. There was a little bit of raucous laughter. Didn't have a sign. There was just a large wooden emblem of a curled mustache hanging out on a pole. And as you went in, the building wasn't very busy. There was definitely some patrons drinking ales. And the man behind the bar was a very svelte, well-dressed half-elf with a large curled mustache, just like the one on the sign. And despite the fact that there's probably 10, 15 patrons here, he seems to be running the place all by himself. He's fit as a fiddle and light on his feet, bringing everyone drinks, very friendly and hospitable. There's a man sitting in a wooden chair, just lazily plucking away at a fiddle. And uh, you were all given a table and brought a round of whatever drinks you were most inclined to order. And you can think about the offers you have been made. You, you look like Firbolg, yes? Giant, uh, big, big voice. Yes, that's correct. You must know good drink. You tell me good drinks and I will drink them. All we had back with my tribe was the mead. I look at the waiter. Do you have mead? I can get you a mead. I'll take a cherry bourbon, please. Very well. Quite all right, thank you. You do not wish uh, some swamp water to wash through your face or nothing? It is for swimming. So that's two meads and a bourbon with cherry. Yes, please. Coming right up. Look, I don't like the halflings as much as you guys, but we need the gold. I like this halfling. His anti-human bent is refreshing. But unfortunately, I am not willing to cut my calves off at the knee in order to satisfy his other requirements. I worry that if we allow the halfling to join our party, we will be under the thumb of this squeak man. But we'll absolutely Agreed. be under his thumb, but it is tiny thumb. <laughs> oh. I, I think we should definitely go for the sword. Yes, I, I agree. This is good, at least for first. Worst case scenario, we get good gear, we get some extra money that we can use and leverage in order to help the, uh, the children get their stupid boat back. It sounds like no matter what, we have to help out those two. I do not mind. I think obnoxious, stupid, rich people are very easy to manipulate. <laughs> I'm inclined to agree. You're not very uh, conversational, Kakvrashis? Harutax. Harutax, yes. Harutax. I do not wish to go out on the ocean and the halfling... I trust salt water is bad for nictitating membrane, yes? <laughs> yes, but also deep water. Is not my style. Deepest water I have seen is pond. So trust me, I understand your fear of oceans. And at that, a series of drinks are brought out on tray. All of you have your requested beverages slid before you, as well as a plate of warmed bread with some kind of uh, weirdly dark colored butter. It's bread. Is, is this, hey, is this free? On the house with your beverages. Help yourself. Just and, baked it this morning. And what is this? Um, oh, it's clove butter. Clove butter. Butter. Okay. Mm -hmm. The only butter I know is far too expensive to buy. Uh, you, you, we cannot afford this. Well, you don't have to have it. This is free. <laughs> yes, enjoy. I, I just, I just take like just like imagine. a heap of butter and just slather it like way more than any normal person should onto a, a chunk of bread and immediately just start devouring. It is decadent. Oh, this is, oh, this is ridiculous. I decline eating the butter, saying I'm watching my figure. You do not have figure to watch. You turn to side. I cannot see you anymore. Um, so you've all been reminded that if you were to go for the blade in the uh, watchtower, you have a couple of days to kill before that happens. None of you know the city that well. Chris, you spent maybe a week here before the rest of the party showed up, and you've all only known each other for most of the day. So working together will prove to be quite an adventure regardless of what task you choose. We just got assigned to each other by lottery, right? 
Correct. You've all just kind of met each other. You filled out a form to be like, these are my specialties. These are my strengths. And because you didn't have any friends here, uh, you just kind of got the first team you were stuck with. The league just kind of assigned us to one another. You had the option to either pass or go with a team because you couldn't find anyone else to jump in with. And here you got these weirdos. <laughs> weirdos. <laughs> well, look, I mean, we can find, we can look for both now. Worst nice. case scenario, we find both. We don't give back. We sell for significantly more than 1000 And then if they try to give us trouble, we threaten to go to his parents and say, look, the children, they break the rules. You, you uh, I don't know, beat them with a uh, large sticks. Oh, Mr. Volkov, I love how your mind works. Good? That's good. I'm not sure if this is the case, but do we, do we not need a boat to find a boat? I don't understand. I know you need to uh, spend money to make money. It's the same with boats. I... <laughs> okay, I don't understand. This is okay, though. Maybe it's on the shore. We talked to people. Somebody had to see giant body disappear, yes? Yes. And it's pretty late at the evening at this point. Most of the crowd has wandered off. There's maybe just four or five people left in the tavern. Uh, two of which look like they're probably dock workers. They're both very salty and they have lots of hand injuries. And they, they just kind of reek of fish and polished wood cleaning materials. Another one looks like a retired guard who's off duty. And uh, just a couple of drunks. And then, of course, the minstrel who's kind of half asleep playing his fiddle. What do we know about these black tongues? Hmm. Presumably black tongue? <laughs> They're criminals. I'm going to have everyone roll me a perception check. 21. Poor. Also poor. Terrible. Four. Well, you are all just engaging in your normal conversation, but being constantly on guard and paranoid. Artyom, you notice that one of the two dock workers, shortly after you've begun this conversation, gets up and stretches and says, I gotta go use it. Heads his way towards the restroom, keeps going past it, and then heads out the front door. This man lies. He says he's going to the bathroom. He goes out the front door. Well, are we going to go get him? I am. I get up immediately and start walking towards him. Okay. Uh, he is now on the front <clears throat> walkway that leads out onto the street. I am not a stealthy man. <laughs> I'm, gonna st I'm just going to kind of start walking in the general direction. Sir. Stealthy drow. Sir. I believe you dropped this silver. I uh, wrote in me a persuasion check. Why are you drawing his attention? We can follow him if he's... Okay. Then 21? 21. 21. Uh, you feel like he was pretty much giving you guys the cold shoulder, but at the sweetness of your voice and the promise of silver, he stops right at the door. Uh, he's like out on the front before it's closed and kind of turns around and leans in. Won't you come join us for a second? I'm awfully busy. If I dropped a silver, though, I'd like to get that back, please. Just, just... And he is second. eyeing you all very cautiously. I'll go back inside and start eating more bread. I don't want to scare him away. <laughs> he comes back and he's like halfway in the tavern, like looking to your table. Harus is not you. eating bread. Sniffs it once and kind of wrinkles their nose. So where's where the guy? He's now like walking back into the tavern towards your table, but he's clearly still on his way out. I'm kind of lining yes. up behind him. Wait. Just roll me a stealth check to see how obvious you are at getting behind him. <laughs> are you wearing scale mail? <laughs> I am. I am. I am, in fact, wearing scale mail. Let's, uh, well, it's still the five, so. Oh. Yeah, there's a loud clump, clump as you kind of block the door behind him. And he looks back immediately and says, oh, boy. Come, uh, sit down. And I, as I, I, I think I've had my fill for the evening, gentlemen. I'm gonna, and, and whatever. I'm going to just fill in the door. No. Look, I don't want any trouble, guys. I got stuff to, I, I don't, keep the silver, all right? I'm wondering why you lie to your friends. He's not my friend. He's my coworker. Mm, co-worker, friend. These hey, are Sal, fuck you. Yeah, fuck you too. <laughs> <laughs> Our job laughs audibly. <laughs> this, is just, this is good. See, not a friend. Just getting a drink. Look, on my way out now. Sorry to have bothered you. As Chris grows impatient, I believe he casts friend. Oh, okay. 
Friends. Uh, that does that get a saving throw? Remind me. No, it does not. Friends happens instantly, and then yeah. when it wears off, they're hostile. <laughs> so he continues walking over to the table. Well, I know about the hostile part. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just couldn't remember if there was a save. And he says, "All right, one quick one." And he holds out his hand for the silver. Do we know each other? I. You just look so familiar. I just have one of those faces. I look at Chris. I gesture towards the man. I pull out the dagger. <laughs> I give him a big old thumbs up. I start approaching the guy with the knife. <laughs> <I can't. clears throat> Arvid waves, waves uh, hysterically no. <laughs> <laughs> just, emphatically no. <laughs> so this guy's just got his eyes locked on Chris. As behind him, Artyom's like holding the dagger confused. And I'm just holding. <laughs> and Arvid's just waving his hands. No, no, no. And just, yeah, as, yeah. As, as, as... I'm going to slip the dagger back into my belt. <laughs> And says, listen. Does Sal react as... as, as uh, he does not care. He doesn't care. The guy who's still at the bar is just in his drinks. Yeah. Um, and the guy who's sitting, he's just like staring very directly at Chris's. Listen, friend, I'd be careful what you say in places like this. You don't want to drop certain names. It could get you in trouble. Did you know something about the uh, black tongue? There you go. Doing it again. I'm looking out for your best interest here, friend. Okay. Uh, so the dark linguists <laughs> with my head still on my dagger. So these dark linguists, they are, uh, who did you know of them? Look, everyone knows the black tongues that works in the dark. Oh, oh, you're saying names. Perhaps you should not be saying. Do you want the conversation or not? I'm trying to warn you guys. <laughs> Apologies. I appreciate it. But please go on. I can't talk for free. I'm sorry. I'll get in trouble. Perhaps we pay you in a length of uh, steel. They sound good? Oh, threats. Okay. Is that how we're doing it? You know, I've got a pretty loud screaming voice. We're in the bar. You wouldn't need to scream at all. I'm going to go. I've given you your warning. I just placed my hand gently on his shoulder. What's the duration on friends? One minute. Okay. Give me a name of place and you go. You point a place anywhere on this block. That's the place. This answers questions. Not very well, but it answers questions. Mm -hmm. As I... he's like in the middle of trying to polish off his guys. I hate mead. What the hell am I doing here? <laughs> I think you were just kicks about the to go. stool over and Arvid with your good reflexes. You actually just stand before the legs go out from underneath your chair. And he uh, reaches for what looks like a hidden dagger underneath his coat. So I'm right behind him. Yeah. Oh, yes, you are. I just put my hand right on top of this hand where, it, where right. it's going. Roll me in a post strength check. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Woo. 18. 18. All right. So he does not move any further, but he's clearly got his hand in his coat. And he is now like almost frothing at the mouth in panic. Perhaps if anybody could uh, make this man a little bit more amiable, perhaps not with the magic that makes him angry immediately afterwards, this would be good. And at that, the door gets kicked in. A very loud <laughs> fills the silent bar, and a large figure fills the frame, blocking out what little lantern light is still from outside. How many other exits are there? Uh, there's one that seems to lead to upstairs, there's one that goes back behind the bar, and then there's the bathroom. And there's windows, most of which are fine thick glass i'm gonna pull out my hand crossbow and just kind of put my hand on it um and the figure that stands in the doorway you see it put one hand on top of the door easily with the height to do so and it's a human uh wearing a kind of leather heavy breastplate with like ragged greasy hair just hanging down it looks like he's walking in out of the rain and it's not raining and he's breathing very heavily and he's got a long green heavy cloak that's just like you can smell it from here and he's just <sighs> And the bartender says, hey, Boris, I haven't seen you around in a while. You're doing all right, friend. The figure does not respond. He kind of staggers, almost like he's trying to keep his balance, like there's a great weight on his shoulders and puts both hands on the bar. And the bartender comes over to check on him. 
Go ahead and roll me another either strength or dexterity check as he's going to take this opportunity to try to duck away from you. Oof. I got a 23. It's not so good. <laughs> it's fail. Um, as the figure rolls and tries to duck for the door. It just takes off running. Um, and as he moves in this kind of quick, aggressive fashion, this large figure just rips his hand out and grabs this guy by the back of his coat and slams him to the ground. I want everyone to roll initiative. And now for a word from our sponsors. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Scornthrall from Fiends for Life. Did you know that every year over 140 young warlocks go without a patron? For just one gold piece a day, you can help the charity that's been pairing potential patrons with their conduit for over three millennia. We offer them protection from the hardships of the world, like resistance to fire damage and temporary hit points. To make your donation or find the fiend of your spellcasting dreams, call today. Fiends for life. Taking dreams and sending them to hell. Hey guys, Lon Zach here. Game Night Lounge is Portland's first full-service board game bar. With local beer and cider on tap, a diverse bar with clever themed cocktails and a menu of unique pub fare. Open seven days a week in Portland's historic Williams neighborhood with over 700 board games to share with your friends and family for just $5 all day cover. Minors are allowed until 8 p.m. Visit pdxgamenight.com for hours and information about the unique local business that's quickly becoming many people's best kept secret. I've been there numerous times. I live, what, like a handful of minutes yeah, away? Real close. <laughs> real close. And I have spent, uh, like, every time I go, I end up spending way more time than I should there. Um, honestly, everybody's really friendly, really welcoming. Uh, the food is unbelievably good. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, like, there's absolutely no reason not to go, especially if you love board games and just a, a, a nice atmosphere and, and cool decorations and everything. Follow PDX Game Night on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. PDXGameNight.com. That's P-D-X-G-A-M-E. K-N-I-G-H-T dot com. Thank you again for listening to the League of Ultimate Questing. As I re-edit this earliest episode, I am staggered by how far we've come. If you're curious about the show or the cast or the world, check out our special Q&A episode, The League of Ultimate Questions, which falls around episode 22 on the timeline. If listening to this, you'd like to jump ahead to a point where we're out of our awkward early stages, you can jump right on in at episode 53, Annual Dexterity. This is our anniversary episode, and it is a solid jumping off point for new fans, with new music and updated effects. I truly appreciate all the support that we've garnered, in particular our legendary team of Patreon subscribers, people who donated $25 or more to our studio. That's Jeff Ammons, Dave Mladenov, Isaac Davies, Jack Phillips, Christian Wiseman, Zan Cam, Jen Finch, Erie Luna Rose, and Maisie. I cannot thank you enough. But without further ado, let's get you back to the action. 
Have you been the victim of an unfair dungeon master? Have you been denied the use of class abilities, had your spells nerfed, or even falsely accused of metagaming, resulting in the loss of HP, shame, or even character death? You may be entitled to compensation in the form of gold, magic items, and experience points. Players have rights, and rules are rules. Call the lawyers who will make the rules work for you. The law offices of Min and Max. Rules attorneys. We do it by the book. Alright, so what is everyone's initiative? Eleven All for right. Archeon. Ten for Christ. Nine for Haruthax. Nineteen for Arvid. Alright, so the order is Arvid, the enemy, and continuing from there. So first up is Arvid. This is the scene before you. The large, bewildered, confused, lumbering man has slammed your friend, quote unquote, to the ground as he tried to make it for the door, somehow agitated by his quick movement. I mean, he is now pinned under this looming figure. And the figure now clearly has a very large blade on his back that he has not reached for in any way. What would you like to do? Um, Arvid has been itching to tackle someone since the uh, friend of ours got aggro. Uh, so I think the tackling is... Are you are you going for the guy who's making a getaway or the large lumbering fellow? The large lumbering fellow. Very good. Um, you definitely have enough movement to make it there. To be clear, the blade is something that this person is wearing, right? Not that's like sticking out of their back like they've been stabbed. Correct. Okay. <laughs> An important distinction. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm not super familiar with 5th edition. Uh -huh. Do we have um, Bull Rush or anything like what that? What you're going to do is roll me an athletics check. Ooh. Good. 22. But I got a 24. Yikes. Ooh. Um, this guy seems to be moving with a strength unlike any human you've faced before. Something about it seems almost otherworldly. But you do manage to grab onto him high and low on his clothing and you've like you're bearing down on him. But in your attempt to push like you've knocked over people smaller than you all the time. But this one does not budge. And he looks up at you, just ignoring the person on the ground completely. Roll me a perception check, now that you're up close to him. Well, so I got a 12. Uh, it looks like that's plus four, so 16. All right. Um, as you are facing him, you can see that the pupils of his eyes are not white. They are, in fact, filled with what looks like so much bloodshot that it's just red now. Uh. And there's no semblance of, like, sentience in his face. He seems like a beast. Hello? Um, and at that, he's going to try to just punch you right in the stomach because it's his turn. And I'm um, coming at you with a nine, which is a miss. Um, so he takes one big swing at you and then he stands to like square up completely facing you now. Uh, and that completes his turn. This one is going to try to squirm away like the wiggling worm that he is. And he does quite well, making sure he does not draw anyone's attention as he kind of slides out the door. Uh, the fiddle player is going to stop and just move to the wall, confused. Um, and the person at the bar who's kind of drunk is not going to pay any attention. Well, I've got my eye on that goddamn fiddle player. I was going to say, the fiddle player doesn't just like start up like battle music. <laughs> you, you're like hopeful for a second that he's like, <gasps> and then fuck this. Yeah. Uh, and this guy seems like he probably has a room upstairs because he goes running for the stairs. <laughs> I should just get going. Disappears. <laughs> and the bartender says, oh, hell no. And kind of crouches down behind the bar. Next up is Artyom. I got magic out for days. How do I want to do I want to lay down some sick fire magics? Get him with that sacred flame. Mm. I don't want to waste anything fancy. Yeah, let's go down with sacred flame. Okay. And that's just good old fashioned dex save on their part. I got an eight. Eight. Nice. Okay. That is a one D eight radiant damage. Laying down them thick, smoky goodness. Uh, Well, four. So not great, but okay. So the dimly lit tavern is for a brief, brief moment from the outside. It looks like someone just took a flash photo as this bright light seeming to come from through the ceiling and down into this figure just kind of makes him stand erect as he's slammed with it. And you see just like singes 
creasing into his face and upper body <clears throat> as the light just cooks away his skin. And that's not a bonus action, so I couldn't follow up with a, a hand crossbow shot, Correct. right? That's a full okay. action. Gotcha. Um, I do have bonus spells. Let me see. I don't think you have any bonus action spells. I do. I have healing word, which wouldn't oh, help gotcha. me. Sanctuary, which wouldn't help me. Uh, well, I would, but I'm not going to waste it. Cool. Uh, then I'm not going to do squat. <laughs> Wait, I can move, right? You can move. Okay. Um, then I'm actually going to impose myself behind him All or right. like hit between him and the door. Gotcha. Next up is Christ. You are back at the table and you see all this happening from a good 30 feet away. So Christ, kind of frightened that this all happens, activates his shard hide by mistake. What does that look like? Crystals seem to erupt from him and act like a little sparkly armor. Mm, yeah, so it's a sheen of this kind of reflective crystalline glow just kind of coats your skin like you've been laminated. And what would you like to do that's an action to activate that? Yeah, uh, I was just about to check that right now. I'm, I'm almost positive it is, so we'll say it is. Yes. There's going to be so much fun of us shuffling through our characters and being like, hold on, what can I do? Session on? one, baby. <laughs> Session We're one. Learning new characters. Um, yes. So would you like to move at all? You're still sitting at the table comfortably. Um, I feel like Chris would just sit there for a moment, moment to take in what's going on. You should aggressively recline. Yes, I'm going to aggressively <laughs> recline. Which is difficult on a bench, but you somehow pull it off. Yes. <laughs> Haruthax. <laughs> I don't know if Haruthax does anything just yet. Yeah. Uh, this person hasn't attacked, but it looks, I guess he's getting ready to attack. Well, he definitely threw a punch at Arvid, but whether or not that matters to you is up to you. Yeah, <laughs> he true. also slammed a, a random passerby down on the ground. Yeah, he's, he's mean, taking everyone well, slammed yeah, down. I'm not too worried about random passersby. Uh, Haruthax <laughs> will, will turn to look at um, Christ. Do you think if the... Fibog is taken out. We could get ourselves a halfling. <laughs> nice. I don't know if I could trust a halfling. Okay, right. we should probably... Assume. Jesus Christ! <laughs> that brings us back to Arvid. All right. You are now toe-to-toe with this figure who is at least a foot shorter than you, but still somehow imposing. I am... I'm all in it. Arvid is going to begin the, the rage process. Oh, yes. Yes. I'm going to be filling out the paperwork to begin the process to start a rage. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of paperwork. So it's a bonus action. I don't have to like sit up and charge you are, my power. You are now raging. I am raged. So then I'll go for another hit and maybe I'll get him this time. Regular hit. Just a punch a Rooney? Just a punch a Rooney. I don't Sounds think good. I. Yeah. I don't have no From on behind, me. is there anything particularly noteworthy about this person? There's no wounds or anything mm. like that? A fine booty. There's an Arvid between you and him right now. So if you move, I'll oh, give you okay. a full perception check. You uh, have a plus three on this one. You're not proficient with unarmed, but um, you definitely hit. <laughs> He's wearing very little armor, uh, just leather. So you clock him right in the face. Uh, what's your strength mod? My strength modifier is plus two. Nope, plus I lied. Three. There it is. And your plus raging three. gives you another plus two. Oh my gosh. So you wow. deal him a square six damage right in the face as his nose is just concave and begins to trickle down into his mouth. Yuck. Um, he's weirdly non-responsive to that. He definitely takes the blow and it has damaged him, but uh, it seems to get him going. D12 plus... Uh, oh, you're not rolling damage. You just... Uh, uh, unarmed is always one point. Unless wow. you're a trained monk or you have Tavern Brawler or the like. I guess we're probably not like wearing any armor or have our weapons. Or You'd have your armor on. Okay. Your armor class is your armor class. And plus you're a barbarian, so it doesn't matter have, if you're yeah. wearing yeah, armor. You just correct. don't have your shield bonus. So you're at a 14 AC. It is now the enemy's turn. He is going to attempt to return your blow, and in your energy of a full rage, you are now somehow feeling a connection with him in that you feel he is in similar state of mind and body. And he's going to come back and go big old haymaker right at you. That is a 15, which does connect with your shieldless armor class. 
and he's going to strike you for five points of bludgeoning damage. But you are raging. Uh, yeah, so round now. Two points of bludgeoning damage. You would have taken five, but as you're raging, you half all of these kinds of non-magical attacks. Um, and you're pretty sure he's doing a similar thing. Oh boy. <laughs> and he's actually going to make an attack with his other arm now that he's focused on you because he is proficient in fighting with both fists. And he's going to just turn and clock at RTM blindly. Oh, hello. It's not so much that he's like squaring off with Arvid. He's just like, there's a face. I'm going to hit it. Something about him is absolutely mad. Uh, and he misses you. Marvelous. Uh, you probably think he broke his pinky punching into your scale mail. Gotcha. Doesn't nice. doesn't phase him. You feel it, but it doesn't hurt you bad. Um, and that makes it Artyom's turn. Why is it they threat the little man and giant man comes to attack me? This is unfair. And I try to clock him right back. All right. Oh, wait, hold on. Now he attacked me. I'm going to kill him. Okay. Uh, I'm going to attack him with my rapier. Short sword? Short sword. Short sword. You're right. I wanted the rapier. <laughs> uh, four, uh, 19. Uh, that definitely hits. Lovely. That's going to be nine damage. Very good. Um, and roll me a perception check while you're up close to him now. Can do. 13. 13. All right. Yeah, something about him is just off. <clears throat> He's not oh. acting normal at all. Can I use medicine instead? Sure. Cool. Please do. And this is diagnostic. Okay. Ooh, tw 20. Natural 20. Natural 20. Plus four. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you're using your, your ability. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and this is actually something uh, that you would actually probably know a little bit about. Um, as you're like looking him over to being like, what the fuck is this guy's problem? Like, and you're also looking for a vital spot to stick your sharp piece of metal. Mm. Uh, you notice what looks like a tiny, like a feather sticking out of his neck. Um, and you can see all of the veins around it are at least three tints darker than the rest of his body. Um, Pull the feather out of his neck, telling everybody. Oh, you say it out loud. Yeah, as my gotcha. bonus action, I'm shouting. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, okay. Archim has told everyone to pull the feather out of his neck. Whatever that means. Okay. Christ. <laughs> so, Christ announces, okay, I will slow him down. And the air grows cold, Ooh. and he gives him an icy stare and casts Frostbite. Very nice. It's a con save? Yes. I have a 14. I think your DC is 13. You do see the permafrost begin to collect. It should be on the second page of your character sheet for okay. future reference. You see the permafrost start to form on him, and he just kind of <laughs> shakes and just... <clears throat> flicks off of him. Damn it. Turning into mist in the air. Would you like to move at all or stay at the table? Yes, I would like to move back up a little bit. Oh, he you're seems going dangerous. further away. Got it. Seems dangerous. So you hug the wall, which is already pretty close to you. Mm -hmm. Haruthax. How badly damaged does this guy look? Uh, he's got a concaved nose and he's got now a huge like gash in his side from where a short sword met him. Um, he's weakening a bit. Okay. How's the bartender reacting to the brawl that's erupting? It sounds like he's rummaging for something. It sounds like he's rummaging for something. Okay. Yeah, he's behind the bar fully. Uh, Haruthax will... I don't know what my material component for this is. Just a second. I need to look this up. I specifically like the idea that you're like, ah, you know what? Hold on. And you just <laughs> like pull out a little booklet. And you're you got like, like bones <laughs> and like dead insects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like rummaging Haruthax, through. Haruthax actually is, is exactly doing that. It's rummaging through some dead insects and has this little tiny, tiny glass vial, which they shake and they can see inside there's a little flea that jumps in response <laughs> and nods and then incants a spell and the little vial glows just a little and a swarm of of sort of conjured insects fly out and infest the this guy what's the range on that 30 feet sounds right and to the dc 13 yep dc 13 constitution save uh we are looking at a 21 i'm rolling quite well okay all right, he is in fact covered with biting, stinging bugs yep. and cold magic, and it just seems to—it just <laughs> seems to be riling him up even more. 
It's like, don't worry, we're support. <laughs> Pissing him <laughs> off furiously. Interesting. Uh, Thanks, everybody. Arvid. Uh, I'll make an attempt to pull out the uh, the feather. Okay, uh, roll me an athletics check. You are at advantage because you are raging. He's going to do an opposed one, and he's at advantage because he's raging. <sighs> I rolled d d d dookie Oh, you rolled <laughs> shitty too. <laughs> <laughs> this is a scrambling match. Oh. Yeah, just slapping each other. <laughs> no, no, leave it alone. It's mine. So that's a total with the five. That's a total of um, 12. All right, you beat my 10. Yes! <laughs> nice! Nice. Uh, as you just like literally like, grab one shoulder and pull him close and then rip something out of his neck and it like feels like a fish hook, like it's stuck in there. Ooh. So you open an artery in his neck as you rip it out. But immediately the blood that's flowing out, you can see is just like dark and viscous and tainted. And that'll make it his turn. So he's going to go one last round of Crazy Town before he starts to pass out from both blood loss and the having something ripped out of his neck. Um, so he is going to actually not grab his sword. He's just going to once more try to grab the two of you and just sort of slaps you together. Now kiss! <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's just going to do an unarmed attack on each of you flavored by smushing you guys' heads together. Mm. Coming in at Arvid, that is a 20 total. 20 total and an 11 for Artyom. Not me. So that's a hit and a miss. So coming for you, he doesn't quite get a grab on your armor, but he does get... Arvid and just brings his knee up instead. Mm. Yikes. Dealing you a ooh, a rounded down that is four points of bludgeoning damage. As you take but, a huge blow oh. to the knee. Even with the uh resistance thing you're saying. Rounded well, it would have been eight, so now Ugh. it's four. Because okay. I rolled max damage. So yeah, he gives you a good one. And then he just kind of slumps to the ground, passed out. And at that the bartender pops up with his crossbow and says, Alright, no oh. <laughs> <laughs> you shoot Mina. The bloody hell happened to him. Uh, he's fine. The feather made him crazy. We take feather out. He's, he's okay. And he's just wheezing and bleeding out of his neck. Just, he's okay. <gasps> By the gods. Combat's yeah. over. Uh, you now have a bleeding figure on the ground between you. It looks like the bartender sort of slides yeah. over the bar, Dukes of Hazard style. Can I have feather, please? I'm going to give it a little taste. Okay. It's just like drenched in blood. Let's see what's going on. 16? Poisoned. Hmm. It's poison. It's a kind of poison you're not familiar with, but you could definitely, it has like that lingering palate of the kind that fucks with your head. Let me see it. Some kind of psycho psychological poison. <laughs> Out of nowhere, Arthox yeah. is just yeah, like, Yeah, mm. yeah, Arthox is right there, just takes it, and and can I make a medicine check to see what it is? Uh, do you have herbalism? Uh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead and try that. Okay. It's gonna be a 14. Neither of you can quite ascertain the exact property or names of it, but you can both pretty much agree with your different kind of schools of medicine that this is some kind of drug or poison that would get into your system and just absolutely drive you crazy. It tastes like basilisk tears. It tastes like, uh, what is, uh, <laughs> many, many kind of familiars. The figure's just wheezing on the ground. Can I identify if it's, uh, if it's plant-based or anything like that? Or... You think this is quite alchemical? I'm going to start taking care of this chap. Sure. I'll do my whole healing shenanigans. And the bartender is going to attempt to help you by giving you advantage, but it doesn't seem like he's very trained in medicine. Okay. <laughs> he does bring you like a clean rag and stuff. <clears throat> so, so I just what, roll medicine to try and stabilize? Mm -hmm. okay. Yep. So what is going on with our former friend? Oh, he made it out the door oh, around one of combat. Uh, 16. Okay, you stabilize him and stop the bleeding from killing him because in a couple rounds he probably would have bled out. And he's kind of breathing and not quite conscious yet, but he seems stable. I'm going to use um, Spare the Dying. 
Mm-hmm. Bring him up to, you know. Wait, so he's now at a stable zero. Oh, he's already at zero. Yeah, yeah okay. that's yeah. where the dang does. That's it would save you a medicine check is basically how that would work. Woo! But, <laughs> um, and that is where we're at. And he says, I've never seen him act like this before. He's actually a very nice man. He's He works for the Merchants Guild. I assure you he was not in his right mind. No, not at all. I'll hold up the feather and... Have you seen this before? It looks, uh, and you can all see now very clearly, it looks a lot like a very, very tiny, like, blowgun dart. Okay, I was thinking... It like just a... was, like, barbed at the end to make okay. it hard to remove. Well, that was, like, a fly fishing lure or something. It but... looked like it, yeah, except uh, it's more like a tiny blowgun dart with little barbs, so you can't just pull it right out. Okay. Now, somebody wanted this person to get very angry. Man, well, this is a rough night. People in here talking about the, the black tongues, and then my friend comes in out of his gourd, Eh, maybe this is new assassination technique. Makes man crazy, sends him after person who talks about the black tongue. Uh, the black tongues wouldn't mess with a guild worker. They're pretty protected. Good to know. Uh, and the guy's like coming to, and he says, Where am I? You're in bar. William, is that, is that you? What happened to you? You've, you went mad. You, you attacked us. Well, those two anyway, he says, pointing <laughs> to you. And you're just like bleeding from the face. <laughs> I was unloading a new shipment from Alcara. And I remember hearing a snap when I opened one of the boxes. Excuse me, uh, what were you bringing in? Uh, spices and imported spiced meats. Just another shipment. No psychosomatic poisons, no? No. Okay. Figure I check. Oh, they must have missed one. Oh, that stings. Did Some... you see anything before you went black? I just heard a snap. Just must have snap? been trapped. Sometimes the Alcarans send us poisoned or trapped goods. Usually they get it at the gate. Make sure none slips through, but they must have missed one. What the dock was this? Uh, we were at the Southern Cutlass. Southern Cutlass, okay. Uh, maybe you go ahead and rest? Yeah. Can I have a room for the night, William? Just, it, on me, just go. Stop bleeding. <laughs> go away. <laughs> Do you need some help cleaning up this blood? I could use some help upstairs, if you don't mind. I can do that. He says, nah, if there's one thing I know how to do in this district, it's clean up blood. And he gets down and elsewhere and jizz the floor. <laughs> you see, it is, it's very lit. Uh, more than likely, anybody who is working there, not going to be working, no. I say we collect our things, get ourselves ready, we go down, we check out what's going on in this uh, southern cutlass. Well, you're clearly all outsiders in town. And you've helped me by bringing my friend to his senses, be it with blade or fist. Uh, maybe I can point you in the right direction. I'm not involved with any of this stuff. And you didn't hear it from me, right? Um, but I think if you go to Two Clocks Market and ask around, you might be able to find some info on where the Black Tongues have been dealing lately. Okay. Yeah. And if for some reason we get chased by the same people who attacked this man, or, you know, something Oh, worse? no, that was a trade from another country. There's sort of this relationship between the Leonans and the Alcarans in trade, where most of it's upright, but every now and then they just sneak in a surprise because we kind of hate each other. This is an awful lot of proper nouns, with them, which I'm not familiar with, but that's okay. Somebody else will explain to me later. <laughs> this was a bad bit of business between kingdoms. Ah, this makes sense. I say we go take a look. Afterwards... We keep your place uh, from being damaged, despite the bar fight and despite crazy men. Maybe you give us free room? I'll give you one room to share. It's a big one. This is okay. When I was growing up, we usually had uh, six or seven people to single room. We should have our conversation up there. Duh. Agreed. And again, you didn't hear this from me. Hush, hush. (laughs) 
This has been the remaster of the first episode of the League of Ultimate Questing. We sincerely hope you've enjoyed it. The next episode, Pick Your Poison, returns to the older editing music and formatting. I am Zachary Barkas, voice of Artyom Volkov, the cleric of Bren, the god of sunlight and suffering. I am also the editor, producer, and overall technical director for Slapdash Studios. I would also like to take a moment to thank Sam Frost, voice of Arvid Ulfman, the Fearbulg Barbarian. Michael Loving, the voice of Hotterthax, the warlock of the Firstborn, a custom patron designed by law for this campaign. Alante Barakat, the voice of Chris Zagrand, the Crystalline Sorcerer, a custom subclass designed by law for this campaign as well. I would also like to thank Law Johnson himself, our amazing dungeon master and the creative director for Slapdash Studios, without whom none of this would have been possible. But most of all, I'd like to thank you again for listening. Check out new episodes every Monday and bonus content every Friday. You can find all of our episodes and more at theleq.com, as well as links to our social media. You can also find our D&D interview show, D20 Questions, where we sit down with local Portland geek magnates over a few drinks and a lot of laughs. Thank you again for listening, and until next time, we wish you luck.